0: So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name's Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. And welcome to Brian's Rumpod. Well, Welcome back to Brian's RunPod. And this week we've got a very special guest, Andrew Wren, who is a professional running coach in the local Teneton area. Um, I thought I would split this interview into three parts, so three chunks. And the first um in this first part I started off by asking him how he got into running. I really, really hope you enjoy. This interview and in all the subsequent interviews as I did. So uh, without further ado I'll hand it over to Andrew. Welcome back to Brian's Ron Pod Um, and today we have a special guest Andrew Wren who is a local running coach and I've been wanting to speak to someone like Andrew for a while and feel really privileged that he's agreed to come on the podcast today. Andrew is a very enthusiastic coach and has a proven track record in improving and optimizing athletes from the newest to elite elites. He says, and I quote, I use personal and data driven approach to performance and improvement at every level. Um, this can be used alongside and to inform traditional coaching methods and advice about diet and lifestyle to help you become faster and fitter. Um, I'd like to go to the beginning. Um, um, and I just wanted to know, have you always been, even at school, is running always been quite something you've been interested in?
1: Uh, my parents are runners. Um, oh, right. Okay. And they are still runners. In fact, um, oh, right. my dad is what, 78, um, and he's still running up and down mountains. Um, oh. so, uh, yeah, they're, they're runners. My brother ran for GB. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. So I've been running since uh, I've been racing since I was eight. Wow. Um, okay. That's uh, 31 years. Um, I calculated recently that at the age of 39, I've been racing against 18 year olds for 25 years, um, Right. which yeah, I'm delighted to turn 40 next year. So I can yeah. race against 40 year olds. I'm so excited. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, yeah. I, um, I would have said, I say, I would say I was a kind of moderate runner. Um, yeah. Uh, at school um yeah. i've never been good at cost country, and i occasionally get corralled into doing it now and right. i still find it slightly bad um uh but i'm good at running downhills um at great speed um i'm good yeah. at ultra marathons um yeah. i'm good at the things that we didn't really do at school Right, um, right, So it right. was actually more when I came back to running in my sort of mid to late 20s when I um, became actually better at it, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
0: And and so what, I mean, are you a full-time athlete or is this, is this, is this something no, no, I'm that's not, kind of like a uh, side
1: hustle? I would describe myself as an athlete, but I'm a full-time coach. Full-time coach. Oh, yeah, right. is my, coach is my full-time job. Okay. Um, no. I do have, um, uh, I do have part-time jobs, which are quite well. Not part-time jobs. I do have other, um, other kind of minds um, in the fire. Yeah, sort or sort yeah. of, but they're not financially viable in any kind of way. Oh right, um, okay. Um, I'm a, I, I produce music, um, and oh, okay. I'm, um, I'm a radio DJ occasionally. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't have any. Um, the, those are not profitable enterprises. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So we, once you decided that you know, you were, you were going to be a full-time coach. What's the process in terms of, do you have to get qualifications
1: Mm -hmm. or can, and, and how does, how does that work? So the, uh, when I decided, uh, I was working, I was working a data warehousing job at the time. Okay. Um, yeah. I've had all the jobs by the way. That's something that people find out about me. Um, (laughs) I, uh, everything from Ditto, Ditto, I have uh, as well. um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, the, um, uh, yeah, I was working a data warehousing job, and I started a Couch to Five K club at the the um, the office I was at. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought I realised that actually I should get some formal training on this. So there, there really? I I started through the the England Athletics uh, qualifications. Okay. So Starting okay. off with uh, leader in uh, leader in running fitness, coach in running fitness. Yeah. And then yeah. the next one, which is an endurance specific. Mm, mm, um mm. so yeah so i mean there's the amount of qualifications that you can get uh, is is quite frankly um astonishing really Uh, right i it's it's a slightly different pathway to personal training yes yes uh, yeah which is uh yeah it's a much it's it's very different um Yeah, yeah um yeah i plan to over the next few months get the athletics uh, some more of the athletics-based ones as well, because right, I enjoy right. working on the track. So, yeah, um, I want to do the the throws and uh, oh right, and okay. okay, okay. So more field event type, yeah, things. more field. I'll, I'll do some more sprinting as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And just the having those qualifications, obviously, it gives you kind of the education, um, and also probably, uh, you know, they probably go over the health and safety and, and the insurance side and that kind of thing, but. Um, Do you feel that's kind of the benefit to clients to say, you know, all right, I've got, you know, I'm qualified to do this. Um, You know, does it do you feel that they really care or? or?
1: I'm not sure. Um, I. Yeah, I think it's an extremely good question, actually, Mm. I think I think people do care. Uh, Because I think I have had people ask me about industry qualifications and things Mm. like that. Mm. Um, I think people do care. Uh, Fundamentally, I think any form of coaching, whether it be life, whether it be uh, business, any form Mm. of coaching, Mm. the, the theory is important. The Mm. theory behind, like the physiological theory, and all that kind of that kind of aspect, is important. Yeah. Um, But I would say that the ability to build a relationship is fundamentally more important, from my perspective, from 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 the way that I would approach coaching. I have I've trained with people. You may have seen them in in local parks, like you get those um, British military fitness guys. and that's a whole different thing, right? It's 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 much more geared towards being told what to do and just, you know, mm. um, whereas I I would philosophically want to build a positive relationship with my athlete. Mm. Mm. Um and, and work from there. I actually find it very hard to coach people with whom I don't build any kind of rapport. Yeah. Like I, I'll occasionally meet people and I won't be able to make them laugh. Like in the first hour of meeting <laughs> them, like I won't I, I won't, I won't like get anything back from them. And some people are just like that. Right. Some people, some people are just yeah. like that. That's fine. Because um, coaching some, is a two way. Oh yeah. Process. Yeah, absolutely is. Yeah. Has to work both ways. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly. So, um, how do you, I mean, uh, just the sort of more, training specific but how do you balance that volume and intensity of training to prevent overtraining and and
1: and injuries is that is that is the the cornerstone of endurance training i mean it's the it's the most fundamental uh the most fundamental level of it essentially that everyone falls somewhere on a um uh, permissiveness to, um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Uh, anyway, everyone falls on some kind of scale where some people will need to be told to run more and some people will need to be told to rest more. Um, mm, mm. Very few people have it absolutely perfect. Um, mm. I certainly don't. Mm. And working out the best way to persuade people of those two factors or mm. the best way. I mean, like if people really can't run anymore, then... Know, yeah. or people can't do more exercise that's that's much less of a problem mm. um if if an athlete comes to me and tells me that they couldn't do the session that I set for them yeah um for any reason mm. um that's for, for the most part, it's fine like if it becomes a regular issue then then yeah I might have to might have to jimmy them along a little bit off work out what's wrong yeah. um but I would be far more annoyed about people doing more than they Mm. as opposed to or or at a higher intensity mm. um mm. fundamentally there's there's data that you can use um so you, on training peaks it shows quite advanced yeah. data in terms of um uh in terms of what uh the, someone's fatigue mm. um but realistically the best way to gauge that is just by keeping in touch with athletes and asking yeah. how they feel um yeah. training peaks also has a um uh, has a little thing where it will ask you a bit like the Garmin does um, yeah, ask yeah. you how the, how the effort felt and how you felt
0: yeah, um, yeah,
1: and those. And so from my, from a red flag perspective, if I, if I look at someone's workout and I see yeah. that um, it was just a, a one hour endurance run uh, or a 45 minute active recovery and yeah, they felt yeah. terrible during it, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. you know, mm. um, so uh, the, the the balancing is always going to be different from person to person uh but resting you know resting is crucial for everybody um mm-hmm. the most difficult thing actually is getting people to rest after marathons um one of um one of the most common things i hear about a week after someone's finished a marathon is oh so when when's the training going to start again <laughs> um now the pros the pros take up to a month off right um yes. I, i've heard stories of stories of professional marathon runners basically cross training doing you know uh mountain biking l- yeah something or like elliptical that for, or whatever, yeah, something yeah. like that yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. you can't get me to do cardio in a gym it's physically impossible um <laughs> the, uh, i would I mean uh, hey well done to anyone who can do it but i can't achieve it uh, i can't even uh, my record of the treadmill is 400 meters um the <laughs> um the, yeah so 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 you will get people, but the the main the main difficulty behind balancing mm. um, balancing fatigue and balancing workload is that fatigue is not linear. So two days after a marathon, you might feel like you can run another one, but the problem with that is that the fatigue might not have, might not kick in until the week after or mm. the week after that. There's mm. there's there's people who specialise from a psychological perspective more than a physiological perspective in burnout. Yeah. And this, this that stress builds and builds and builds and builds over over a great deal of time. It's not a, right. it's not it's right. not a simple thing really. Right. Um, right. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because I know on um on Strava they do that um you know, that fitness freshness graph thing. Yeah, don't they? Um I don't know how I know. I know. It's problem. it's a it's an algorithm, obviously, and you know as to how accurate
1: it is yeah. and, and whatever. Well, I, I've got. Um, I can. I can maybe shed some light on that. So, yeah. Or it's the same with Training Peaks. Um, it's yeah. accurate for a certain type of runner. Yeah. If you are a marathon runner who wants to run marathons, yeah. Um, then it's probably reasonably accurate for you. Mm-hmm. If you are me. Mm. Um, it is unlikely to be very accurate. Now I say that from the perspective of someone who has run ultra marathons in the past. Um, so that's the basis at which, um, it sets my, my fitness, which is mm. actually just workload. All it's measuring mm. when it says fitness is just the amount of training that you've done. Yeah. Um, so mine thinks that I am the least fit human in the history of humanity right now, <laughs> because I have gone from focusing on ultra marathons to focusing on the 400 meters on the track. Right. um just just for a change of scenery over winter essentially yeah and in doing so it's yeah. it's looking at that going oh my god your, your workload has disappeared it's fallen through the floor what has yes. happened yes um yes. so it's it, it's both comparative and slightly dodgy
0: yeah okay okay so it, 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 it is it, it can't be all things to all people it's kind of only no. for a spe- specific it's for the median
1: runner. A lot of yeah, um, yeah. a lot of the, uh, the algorithmic uh, stuff, and there's some some of this uh, with um, the data we get from our watches and stuff like that as well. The a lot of the algorithmic stuff works on the basis of the median runner, mm, mm, um, mm, and mm. none of us actually are that median runner. Yeah. Some of us will yeah. be closer yeah. to uh, yeah. closer to him or her, you yeah. know. Than yeah. it, it has to start. Time. Yeah, there has to be a a base as it were. Mm so you know but, yeah sure um, um i i know for example um, by uh, my garmin watch and all of my athletes garmin watches um yeah. professes to tell them what their vo2 max is yeah uh, now vo2 max is a metric which can only be measured by strapping you to a machine which yeah. measures your breathing in and out yeah. yeah so any anything that a watch which does not attach to your face yeah. um, is telling you is mm. making some assumptions somewhere mm. Um, no, I can't tell you the exact algorithm. I did actually look it up relatively recently, but yeah. it, it essentially—I've had mine lab tested. I've literally been to a lab and tested mine, and yeah. I know what Garmin thinks it is, and the yeah. two are not yeah. particularly similar. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so well, I'm,
0: in a previous life, I used to be a personal trainer, and they used to have those um, body fat percentage scales, oh. and uh, and I used to tell people before they stepped on, I said, "This is, this is just." a uh, a guide you know mm. if you really wanted to have it done you know you go to a lab you know you sit in a pool and all that kind of thing you know yeah. and, you, and you have um and it's it is wildly can be wildly inaccurate so it's a very
1: similar type yeah although yeah. um, just uh just to the side one of my athletes was told by a very fancy um uh central london uh one of those uh, like kind of body composition gyms oh right uh, okay. that her body fat had gone down to nine percent um mm. which as you may well know is physically impossible for a woman so um okay yes that, wasn't, yes. that was nice for her <laughs> and this wasn't a machine either this was a person telling us. Um so yeah fun times
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. going back to the type of people who sure. you
0: I mean you, I know you've just touched on some of some of the sort of the, the elite what well, well, what about people who are new to running and they come to you? Because obviously, you know, they could have gone to, you know, on the internet, picked out a program or whatever, but obviously they may be looking for something, you know, they're coming to you specifically for a, a more kind of a personalized approach to, to running. What's, what's the kind of, I don't know, challenges
1: or, you know, tell me a bit about, about that. Uh, the challenges are, the challenges are different per person, um, as you would expect, because everyone mm-hmm. has different reasons for wanting to run, right? Mm-hmm. So some people want to do it just because it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people come to me and ask me and uh, tell me that they hate running um i yeah uh, actually i'm seeing him next week i'm seeing him four times next week okay. so um a guy came to me um we'll call him alex because that's yeah. his name yeah. um he came to me middle of last year and he was not a runner yeah. i would describe him as an anti runner and he uh wanted to get into the army so he had to pass a bleep test and he had to oh, do a certain amount right. of a certain amount yeah. of running right and uh he he came with that perspective so he had a certain you know, a certain, uh, certain goals and certain, uh, proclivities and certain ways that he went to act. So you have to work around that and with that essentially. So I had to find ways of, uh, ways of essentially what I found was that he was quite competitive, um, and he would compete with me, uh, so. I competed with him I'd set him off a minute before I set off and and do do things like that um mm. now obviously that's not a great way to build endurance but you know we had to do a lot of run walking whilst mm. um whilst chatting and stuff like that so and then you'll find um you'll find other sort of entirely separate people who um are essentially doing it for weight loss Uh, Sorry, yeah. So beginners. So some people want to do it just for um, uh, just for weight loss. Some people uh, want to do it. You know, everyone has their own reasons. Um, And to be honest, any any time where you can find the joy within running, yeah, uh, because it's easy to essentially with with, with a beginner, you could just go, okay, right. Let's do the uh, let's do the couch to 5k we'll run for yeah. one minute we'll run well, uh, yeah, well yeah, yeah what i've tended to do with with um absolute beginners is it's a game that i play with all uh standards of athlete um, right it's a it's a randomized animal fartlek so uh essentially there's a website that you can go to which will give you six random animals upon a refresh button and i will get my athlete whoever they are with their new um Mm -hmm. new burner or whatever they'll say a number between one and six and uh i will then press the refresh button on the website and it will give me six random animals of which their number will correspond to one Mm -hmm. now obviously if that is cheetah we're going to run super fast if that is a sloth we're going to run really slowly if it's a goat we might run up a hill you know so yeah essentially what i'm doing is just gamifying it I'm making yeah. it, making it so that they're not thinking about the fact that they're running anymore. Yes. Um, good point. Making it into, because a lot of what, um, a lot of what new runners struggle with is just the sort of, on some level, the sort of drudgery, Some of the things that we actually get a great deal of joy from, yeah. it's just not as joyful when you're first starting out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, mm, th- mm. there is an aspect to this, which is probably not a great, a great, um, a great one from a running podcast perspective, but I have, I have had people before um i I did once did a um inspirational yeah yeah there's bunny ears going on there uh talk to a a company and um one of them in the q a afterwards asked me um so like i've been running for a little while now and um when does the runner's buzz start i just (laughs) had to say to her like i look it might not like you running might not be for you. There are other sports, right? Like it's not for everybody, you know, like I I am a big advocate for it, Mm -hmm. but maybe you'd be better off on a bike or in a canoe. I don't know. Like, um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not always for everyone. Um, Mm. the other thing is I actually, I actually sometimes get beginners who have already signed up for the event. In fact, quite regularly. That's what pushes, pushes beginners to, to come to me. Um, and you get both, both types. So the, the, well, both extremes. So one extreme will be someone who's not really run before, but has booked themselves onto the London Marathon. I'll be receiving phone calls from those people in the next, um, six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those go really, really super well. Um, I once had a guy who couldn't run 5k and ended up running his first London Marathon in three hours 23. Wow which is wow mad. that is amazing i mean it's that mad um uh yeah yeah it's a, cra- a crazy one that um and then i've had uh i've had a few of those but then i've also had people who from the first time i've met them i have known that they were unlikely to enjoy the marathon Yeah. Um, and you're then in a position where you have to sort of gauge okay is this is it worth telling this person that you mm-hmm. don't think they should be doing it because a lot of the time they're doing it for charity often a good cause often a cause that's yeah. close to their heart right yeah. yeah um so there are some times when i can get people through through the experience now what what i tend to use in that situation is that you don't always have to enjoy the event necessarily um I would rather people enjoyed their training than enjoyed the event. The event Mm -hmm. is going to take five hours maybe at the most and not the most, but it might take five hours, might take six hours, but you might train that much in two weeks. So if they enjoy the training, that's, and they can always look back on the marathon and be happy about it. So yeah, that's, um, that's, that's probably the most difficult person to coach actually the person who has signed up to an event that they are not suited to, but they care deeply about it already. Yes yeah yeah. Um, that's the hardest type of beginner to get
0: and that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of brian's run pod thanks for tuning in folks as always we've got your back with all things running and next week get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey oh and before we sign off exciting news we're now available on youtube so whether you're padding the pavement or chilling at home you can catch us there too Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's RomPod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind-the-scenes fun, and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter, or should I say X, at Brian's Rompod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram, where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website, www.bryansrompod.co.uk and there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening.